Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means we're live. Twitch.tv slash ReadyCheckRadio. My name's Mike Byrne. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up podcast. Oh, yeah, we've got chat. They're ready to go. Chime in on any of the topics we're going to be talking about today. If you'd like to join us live, head on over. Twitch.tv slash ReadyCheckRadio. We've got this show on Saturday, The Relic Grind for Final Fantasy XIV and Square Enix on Thursdays. All kinds of streams throughout the week, including myself with Final Fantasy trading card games and other TCGs. So it's just a great time here. Give us the follow. If you head on over to readycheckradio.com, right there you can see the site if you're on YouTube. Upper right-hand corner of the website proper shows all the links to all the socials. So you can watch us here live, watch us on YouTube, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, anywhere you want to hear us. We would appreciate your support, though. Give us a little like, a little thumbs up, a little comment, action, feed the algorithm, subscribe, follow, all that fun stuff, all that free stuff. Doesn't cost you anything, but it tells us keep doing what you're doing. We like it. And, of course, tell your friends. Help us grow. I've got some friends, speaking of those, with me to go through some gaming news this week. First up, Jason Winter. And Jason Chat has speculated you have nothing in your background today. Same thing I had yesterday. I had my, my University of Minnesota Duluth ruler. And I'm not going to repeat the story again. You should have watched it on on a ready on yeah, always online. Yep, we did we talk. We did talk about this ruler on the always online Actually podcast about the the great story of that ruler. But what I really wanted to show you though was this. He's leaving. Go. But did but did he just show us that he has the ability to spin around? I'm very I'm very spiny. Did. See. You're very, <laughs> you're, very spiny. <laughs> so you can't miss pre-show, gang. You can't miss pre-show. But if you want to know the story of the ruler, head on over to MMOBomb.com where Jason and I and some other friends of ours work, and that's the one that actually pays the bills. So please do visit that. Check out the Always Online podcast. Also on the line with art on the table, resident artist of Ready Check Radio, Yod. How are you, sir? All right, nothing today, just the background. But uh, unfortunately, I'm wedged up against the table here to get in frame, so I so you am can, not spiny. You're not spiny. You I am not spiny. <laughs> you cannot do the spines. I, I, cannot, in a rotation. I cannot do the spines. I could, but my headphone cable, you know, would, would <laughs> make it. That's why I had to take my yeah, off first. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 do not, you were smart. I do not have that. Yeah. So, hey, we got a lot to talk about, gang. We've got, uh, we're going to talk about uh, how Sony and Xbox are both handling chip shortages, productions, distribution challenges, things like that. We've got like little, it feels a little console war. I hate that term, by the way. I, I can't stand the whole console <laughs> war thing. It's, it's, it's <clears throat> play what you like. The and deal is with this whole chip shortage thing. I, mean, yeah. I, got, I got Doritos, I got oh. potato chips. <laughs> going to be a hell of an hour. Um, but we've also got the Dice Awards. We're going to make predictions that Jason, I'm sure, will record just to to make sure we get them wrong. Yeah. Uh, but before we start, there was a little bit of breaking news today. It's not like mega, mega news, but it is interesting and maybe it could be consequential. So I did want to bring it up. The gentlemen here don't know it. Uh, I did not put it in the show notes because I found it just before the show. 
And so I want to kind of get your gut reaction about this, guys. The uh, North America now has its first officially recognized, unionized video game development house. Uh, and it's small, obviously. It's you know we're not talking Activision or anything like that yet, yet. But Vodio Vodio Games, they have unionized, officially unionized. They were founded earlier this year by uh, Three's creator Asher Volmore. The studio's first game was Beast Breaker, which released in September of this year. You can play that on Switch and on the Epic Game Store. Uh, they have officially unionized with management voluntarily recognizing the union as well. It does include both full-time employees and contracted workers. Now again, on the smaller side of things, the staff's about 13 as far as official headcount, remotely working, and so it has 13 total employees and then also the contracted workers spread across the US and Canada. So they worked uh, Vodio Workers United, partnered with Code CWA, who has been helping facilitate some of the, um, the, the attempts to unionize with Activision or at Activision Blizzard and things like that. Now, this isn't the first gaming in general union, but it is the first video game development house because we do have other companies like the um, uh, Cards Against Humanity Workers United as far as tabletop gaming goes. Uh, Voltage uh, organized workers, the Love Struck Choose Your Romance developers who went on strike for 21 days in 2022. They uh, technically did win uh, uh, the ability to create a union, but it, it came without official union recon recognition. So put some qualifiers on the term if you want, but as far as its first recognized management voluntary recognized union we got it. Jason, what's your gut reaction on it? Do you do you think it's a good idea, bad idea? Will it maybe help some of these other smaller companies move the needle in that direction, which if enough of those move the needle, did they then in turn move the needle for the, you know, single A, double A, triple A studios? Or does this, hey, good for those 13 employees and all their contracted workers, but it's going to take a big dog to really change things. How do you feel? Yeah. That, that's exactly how I feel. It's nice that the, the, the 13 you said, plus their contractors are doing this. It's a good to have in general, but I mean, thir 13 people plus management can come to a, can reasonably come to an agreement on things even without a union. So I don't think this is a really big deal unless you have those companies with hundreds or thousands of people but, actually being a part of but this. But sort of it always does take a first. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, somebody has to open the door, big or small. The door has to be I, open. I don't think it's going to impact what anybody thinks of Activision Blizzard, though, really in the slightest. Oh, no. no. Yod, you on the same page? Yeah, I, I, a little bit. I mean, it, it will take a larger company to do something to to actually, you know, kick it into high gear. But like you said, Mike, there's small steps. Everything starts somewhere. And if this is the company it starts with, this is the company it starts with, it is, like you said, a start. It's not the end. Yeah, well, it's start. certainly not the end. Yeah, it's far, right. it's far right. from being so, the end. So that's the whole thing. It's a start, and yeah. it's good for them for doing taking that step. Let's hope other companies take up the reins as well, and let's hope larger companies put their foot forward, which will then push 
other larger companies to do the same and so on and so forth until it becomes commonplace. Pick, pick a big company, Jason. It doesn't have to be like a big, you know, huge mega house like an EA or something like that, but a, a recognizable. Like if you said this gaming company to a generic average gamer, they would probably know who the company was, right? Pick a company that you think actually has a shot or or where management might be more inclined to go along rather than fight against a potential unionization. Is there one in your mind? Like we talked before about maybe ArenaNet possibly being that type of company. I don't know what that's coming to my head. <laughs> but there's but there's challenges there with what would then ten cents reaction be? Do they just dissolve it or do they work within those <laughs> the the confines of unionization in the United States? It, Tencent own NC Soft. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. NC Sorry, NC Soft, yeah, NC Soft. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the first one I would think of off the top of my head is a company like ArenaNet, which has always seemed fairly uh, progressive. Otherwise, I mean, it's like you said, most of them are going to be of the same. Anything that is of a decent size is generally of that kind of company where the management is like, we're the managers. We know what we're doing. We know what's best for you, and you don't need that sort of thing. So it's of course me not really even knowing who's in charge of arena anymore since michael bryant left and they have some mystery person running the show right. there so who the heck knows but yeah justin yeah. pointing out something in here just it just this is more verbiage for those that aren't familiar with unionization and i guess i should be a little more clear in this just so that it's yeah, reported correctly this is, they worked with code CWA. CWA is the Communication Workers of America. I actually belonged, full disclosure, to that union for years uh, when I worked for Verizon many, many, many years in the past. Um, that actual established union, CWA, assisted this company in unionizing itself. They did not create the first official video game union where multiple companies could sign on to be represented by this union body, this company has created its own union and it will operate in the confines of the company. This was not the creation of like the video game equivalent of the CWA. Although CWA is assisting all over the place, not just in this, they are the ones that are assisting in potential uh, hopes to unionize an Activision Blizzard and with some of these other bigger companies as well. I would assume at some point, if the the ball rolled down the hill far enough, that CWA would be involved in the creation of a, you know, a VWA, or, you know, a Video Workers Association right. or something like that. Interesting, though, the needle moving a little bit. It's no longer at zero. I mean, it might not be that far above zero, but but it is it is not at zero anymore. Okay, small steps. Small steps. Small steps. We'll see. Um, moving on. Let's talk about Sony and Xbox, gentlemen, because uh, both are having pretty good uh, console generations right now as far as sales and stuff go. Now, we all know there's, like, chip shortages. These things are hard to get, et cetera, et cetera. And are they hard to get because of the chip shortage? Are they hard to get because demand is, you know, being inflated a little bit due to COVID and people, more people gaming? Are they being artificially inflated by companies, you know, if you want to be tinfoil haddish about it, not producing as many to keep demand high? There's a lot of that type of conversation going on. But when you aren't producing enough PS5s and Xbox Series S and Xs, people want to know what you're doing with the old generation. And it's a little early, if you go back and look at the history, right, of every generation that pops, it's, it would be a little early 
to kill off something like the PlayStation 4. Not saying they couldn't. They certainly could if they wanted to. Um, but it would be a little bit early as far as looking at their previous trends. So I want to... Both companies are taking totally different approaches to last gen. And I want to talk about them a little bit and get your opinion on who's doing it better. We found out this week that Sony is going to continue manufacturing the PlayStation 4. Now, I wasn't all that surprised by that because the PlayStation previous PlayStation usually survives about three years or so into the next console generation. And we're just over like the one-year mark, two-year mark, approaching the two-year mark, right? And this is when there's normal distribution channels. Normal, exactly. Walk into a yeah. store and actually buy the next generation console. Right. Right. So Sony's going to confirm that PS confirm that the PS4 production is still ongoing. There was a whole report on Bloomberg uh, where they said this is uh, the PS4 is one of the best selling consoles ever, and there is always crossover between the two generations. And so yeah, we should still be creating the PS4. Now that doesn't mean that the PS4 itself is generally available, Jason. If you do a quick search of Walmart.com or Target.com or even GameStop.com, even the PS4 Slim, which is the one that you're most likely to be able to get right now, that that's not exactly readily available either. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I don't know what the commentary is. Yes, yes, you are correct. It is not that easy to find. <laughs> the the flip side of this is that Xbox, uh, and we already knew this, they wound down production of previous Xbox versions as they were heading into the launch for the, the Xbox Series S and X, and they basically finished at the end of 2020-ish. Uh, ish. Okay. Uh, but they did also make a statement uh, coinciding with this report, because I guess some reporters, and I think I'm echoing in your, your headset there, Yod. Uh, oh, Jesus. The, they were, like, asked to make a statement about Sony, and they said, hey, we're, we're done with those. Like, we, when you thought we were done at the end of 2020, yeah, we, we were done. We stopped making the Xbox, uh, Xbox One console, S consoles, at the end of the last generation. Uh, and they said to focus on the production of the Xbox Series X and S, we stopped production for all Xbox One consoles by the end of 2020. So we've got two totally different approaches to last gen. Sony, on one hand, saying we're still going to make the old ones when they're available, which <laughs> primarily buy them directly from them is probably your best shot if you're looking for one. Uh, and Xbox saying, you know what? No, we're going to focus on just the new one. And there's already chip shortages and stuff like that. We don't need to be spreading those shortages around multiple SKUs. We're focused squarely on the new generation. Who's making the right call here, Jason? I just lean toward PlayStation because I think it's good to have be able to continue to... Because what's known is that they don't make money off the consoles. Consoles are not what makes money. They're basically well, they, a loss leader. They do now, though. Like, when you reach oh, this yeah, point okay. in the PlayStation 4's lifespan, the PlayStation 4 is making profit now on a per-unit basis. The PlayStation 5 certainly is not, to, to your point. Yeah, but the thing is that you still want to sell the games. Those are what's actually making the real, the good money, especially even more so. And if you don't have the PlayStation... If, if you don't have a PS5 or an Xbox... Uh, the fridge. What losing my head here? The Xbox Series X or S. Series X. That's it. Okay. Let's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Series. Because I got the, I had the S and X. I couldn't figure the rest of it. Yeah. If you don't have those, then you're not selling the games. 
you know, and that's what you really want to do. So as long as you, if you can keep manufacturing, even if you're manufacturing the old one and selling the old games, that's still bringing something while you try to get the new one back in stock and the games for that as well. So I just don't, I don't see why you would discontinue them if you're not able to get the new one out. Discontinue the old console if you're not able to get the new console. Well, so counter argument, and we'll, we'll let Yod chime in here. Counter argument could be you're only going to get so many components. Wouldn't want you want to use those components in the creation of the PlayStation 5 components instead of having to parcel out some of the silicone that you were able to get or some of the whatever materials you're short. Do you really want to parse some of those out to PlayStation 4 when you can't keep the PlayStation 5 on the shelf and the PlayStation 4 has arguably run its lifespan as far as being a, rev a main revenue driver for Sony? So... Bouncing off of that idea, I, I, I actually kind of had a theory going on here. So, you know, grab that tinfoil hat and put it on. <laughs> so, uh, Microsoft already stated before, as they were launching the Series X, yeah. that they're winding down production, right? Yeah, that they were going to start slowing it down at that time, yeah. Right. So, which means the chipset, which is different from the Xbox... Um, one to the series. Right, but X, the shortage right? is has like semiconductors and things like that. You're going to use those in both. You right. Know, if I send you 100 the, semiconductors, you're going to use them to create chipsets for whatever you need. Right, but do they actually build the chipsets themselves? or do In, the man, chipsets in many come cases, in? no. And we've talked about Sony actually investing in, in uh, Japanese exactly. chipset plants in the future. Here. Exactly. So Microsoft already told their their supplier, "Hey, we don't need this chipset anymore." So their trickle in of supplies from their chipset dealer has stopped. So in that case, Microsoft possibly already doesn't have the components to put together Xbox ones anymore. All they have left are the components that are the same between the Xbox One and the Series X and are waiting for the chipset to come in for the Series X. On the other hand, Sony, who did not announce that they were stopping PS4 production, may have X amount of PS4 chipsets left. Because in the article, it did say they were ordering something around a million units or something like that. So there's a set number. So that set number may be the amount of chipsets they have left. So they're going to put those together to ship See, out. See, I, I take off the tinfoil hat there a little bit because then I think your PR message is, hey, we have allocations for another X million units. Uh, after that, we're not going to make any more. But we expect these X million units to be enough to hold the market for the next 24 months or whatever I mean, based on current yeah, sales. That could totally be it, but they're not going to tell people that. They're going to tell people, hey, man, we know you want these game units, something to play with your friends, so the last-gen units can play with the new-gen units, so we're going to make some more of the last-gen units while we still can and sell them to you so you can play with your friends. Optics-wise, though, Jason, who <laughs> wins here? Because you've got Sony, who you might look at as a consumer and say, Okay, cool. Like, at least they're giving me something. I'm personally not interested in buying a PlayStation 4, so it doesn't impact me. But if I couldn't get a PS5 and I didn't have a PS4 and, you know, maybe I thought, 
you know, a lot of these games are cross generations anyway. I'll go ahead and grab a PlayStation 4. At least something might be there for me. On the other side, as that same consumer might look at Xbox and say, that company is committed to this new generation at the expense of, you know what? We don't care about making revenue off the old ones anymore. When we get parts in, we want to make sure that they're going for our newest machine because demand is high and we want to get those out there for you. So I can see pros on both sides of the optics here, the PR optics. Does one company come out in a better position on that front? Consumers don't care about commitment. They want stuff now. Yeah. PlayStation, Sony's giving them more stuff now, so they they win. I got to agree with Jason there. I can't disagree with you. I mean, I might, I might personally look and I say I like Xboxes. The you know, just saying, hey, we're done with that. Uh, let's move on. As, as a personal opinion, but you know, from global gaming standards, I can't argue they, with you. Didn't they say they still had like a million. They sold like a million of them or something. Like yeah. PS4s. Yeah. So I mean, it's still well, doing they, something. Obviously, there's still the, some the other, demand. The other thought, though, is that are these PS4s still selling? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they oh, are. That, that's what I was just saying. That's what they Jason say, was just saying, yeah. So, sorry, you're, you're a little quieter on my headset since I turned it oh, down. Oh, sorry, I'll speak up. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm yeah, going to have so... to fix that audio for iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so if they're still selling, people are still buying, people are still wanting, why not give it to them? Yod of the let them eat cake generation Hell, why not? Uh, <laughs> let them eat cake. Let them make cake and cooking simulator we're gonna come back to this whole chip shortage and availability of the market in a second when we uh, talk about some more xbox stuff but let's leave xbox to the side just for a second to talk a little bit about sony uh, to be clear what i'm about to show you is fan made okay? mm. this is fan made there are many many pictures of different chargers and stuff for this but this is a an actual design company uh putting together mock-ups for PlayStation, for Sony's next handheld system. We had the PSP, we had the PS Vita, uh, both, you know, maybe not so much the PSP, but I love my PS Vita. Love my, particularly because I'm a big RPG guy and damn, there's some great RPGs on there. But so this is a mock-up of what- Parasite Eve 3 was on there. Yeah, what a potential (laughs) next-gen PlayStation Portable could look like. Obviously, Jason borrowing a lot from the Nintendo Switch as far as its overall concept. Mm -hmm. One, would you like to see a handheld out of Sony, something that isn't the Switch, knowing that, hey, by the way, something else we're going to talk about later is looking like it's going to release on time, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So is there a market for this that you would like to see it in? And two, yeah, Justin, Good question, but jumping, yeah. jumping, to the next, aside. jumping to the next logical question is, <laughs> would Sony even be interested in entering this market anymore, this, given their, their past experience with it? And could you even potentially enter this market right now with the same chip shortages we were just talking about? I mean, about? the PSP did pretty well. Just We just forget about the Vita, but, you know, the PSP did pretty well. And, and you do have the resurgence of the Switch. or The, the Vita is awesome. Shut up. All right, all right. But, yeah, I mean, the way the Switch has been going and the way that all has been, I'm surprised that, well, obviously, again, we're talking about somebody getting into the handheld market. I'm surprised there isn't more of an interest from... PlayStation or even from uh, from Microsoft to do this sort of thing. So yeah, they, I think they're going to examine it at least over the next decade or so as they 
as we see how the switch goes, and as I see again how the chips and whatever go on, assuming the assuming there's still the planet, all the crypto miners haven't burned down all the rainforest yet. You know, we're gonna check that out. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's something that they will probably look into at some future point. Really? I I don't know. I feel like you know what? We got burnt twice. We're done. We're done there. Let's For just once again. The PSP was pretty good. No, it Vita. wasn't. Oh no! It it depends, guys. Can can we sell NFTs on this thing? <laughs> what do you think, Yad? I I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I keep looking at this thing and wondering what what's with the inverted joystick thingies, where they go inside. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think Sony Sony's gonna take a look at it. They're gonna take a hard look at it. They're always gonna take a look at it to see if they can make some money somewhere. Because if you can sell more consoles, you can sell more games. If you can sell more games, you can make more money. So if you've got someone buying games on both a home console and a handheld console that you both supply them, that's double the profit. The of PSP course, sold the... 80 million units. Yeah. And the Vita then... sold 15. Yeah, 16. Yeah, I'm seeing 16. But again, the you're talking the... also about its actual initial run. The games right, for yeah. the PSP sucked. Well, maybe. Well, the the game know. library for the PSP sucked. The it was so much. PSP, and the Switch it, has like 32 million lifetime and is stunningly successful. Right. So PSP initially does so, sell well, but its lifespan was way short. And it was right. primarily because of this 12 years. fucking UMD. Well, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not still saying it'll yeah, be yeah, exactly yeah. like the PSP. There are issues to solve. Oh, yeah, All yeah, I do yeah. is just copy the Switch. Right. And, like, I, this guy's doing copy the Switch. The Vita was that some people bought the PSP and got burnt by it. So they didn't go back yeah, for they, Vita. They didn't want to go back Vita to the well. Better machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you don't even use physical media if you make the new PSP or whatever. Just like, well, know, that, that's also Switch. another thing is that the, the PSP and the Vita back then, they used physical media. You yeah. Know, we were still really reliant on physical media. So it was kind of a different beast back then yeah so sony is still going to take a look at it especially with them trying to prove that physical media isn't needed anymore with the you know ps5s that don't have a physical drive on them see if they sell better than the ones with the drive so if they can prove that the digital media is more ab abundantly accepted they may go for a system that is purely handheld digital it's a way they can go and in and fact, is the way that. something else is going that we will talk about a little later. Right. Uh, literally the exact way. Uh, just to put right. some rumors on the show here, because Jason loves when we do that. Although this really, <laughs> this really isn't like this is this is, a, this is really great. Go ahead. This, this isn't I got anything. To say about this. This really isn't what, what, like. Oh my God, will this game come out? This is. Hey, PlayStation State of Play. Uh, the next uh, one rumors are that it'll probably be in February. Uh, so. It's and a rumor that of an announcement of announcements. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there could be Kill some me, bigger news for potential PlayStation 5 users. This coming from Tom Henderson via The Gamer, who, who does have a track record with at least these kinds of things. Uh, he said that the State of Play event should be coming in February, and what's more, it could be a pretty big one compared to recent outings. And I think that just makes sense. Like, they're, they're, most rumors you look at and you go, Jason, could it be or could it not be? Like, I think we're due for one. February makes sense for a state of play. 
There's a lot of stuff coming out in February, March. If they wait Mm -hmm. too long, then it's kind of like you're butting right up against E3. Why not just be at E3, which they haven't been for years. So, you know, just do your state of play in the end of February, beginning of March. And it kind of makes sense to me that there would be, like, we don't have God of War Ragnarok release news yet. Like, there are big titles we already know about that there is big information that could be tied to them. I look at this and I go, yeah, this is probably right, and I'm not all that surprised by it. Yeah. I mean, E3's gone digital. They could just go right up against E3. I don't think Sony would go up against E3. Nah, I don't think so yeah. either. That's just, yeah. that's just shit I mean, you may not want to spend the money to be there, but you also don't want to have to try to spend the money to run simultaneously. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds like a good good time for with everything coming out you know state of play past few times tended to be just you know a bunch of trailers of these things will be out in a week or two type of deals anyways so <laughs> welcome to the playstation state of play death loop is still a thing um every state of play every state of play uh and there's another title that i think a lot of people are interested in that Got delayed, Jason, that we don't know an awful lot about right now, and that is Gran Turismo 7, which we... That's a little B-roll. Yeah, there you go. Yep, we got a little video showing off Daytona Speedway. It It looks amazing. It looks amazing. And it doesn't do justice that if you're watching this on the stream, you see the little window down there, you got to get blown up to full screen on your your PC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people pumped for for, uh, Gran Turismo. I've been enjoying Forza. I I don't know. I don't know. Gran Turismo. I have played in years past since I played since it launched back on the PlayStation One. The entire series, uh, but I, I I don't know. Like I, I guess I'm not enough a car guy because it was always so granular that I was like, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. care anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Um, but damn, does that look good? It looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to just watch it. I just want to watch this on the stream. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, don't I, don't, to play it. I don't like racing games at all. And this is really freaking pretty. And I found myself just staring at it, watching it going, wow. <laughs> mad Martha, mad that we're not talking about Stalker 2 getting delayed. Hey, we're trying to give good news today. Good news today. Good news today. It looks great. It looks great. And so it's oh, yeah. just throw it in that bin of titles that, you know, could yeah, makes sense that the next state of play would probably be a little bigger than most when you've got this. You've got God of War Ragnarok. You've got all kinds of titles we know about that we're awaiting official release information for. So uh, just makes sense. Now let's flip to the other side, gentlemen, and we'll talk a little bit about Xbox because Phil Spencer was just like running his mouth all over the place in the last week. Jesus. Just like everywhere. Like anybody that wanted to talk to Phil Spencer. Actually, I think it we, was the same interview. It just got spread out over like three yeah, articles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's be honest here. Yeah. So I'm going to say something first that he says in one of the interviews. And, and to quote, this is when he was talking to the New York Times, basically all of this. There, I think I might have something from a different source when we get there. If it is and I'm just wrong, I'll quote it. If not, it's also the New York Times interview. And um, as far as console shortages, one thing he did say that I think initially will raise an eyebrow is that, uh, hey, we, we really don't have a console shortage. The demand is the problem. The demand is so much higher than normal in previous generations. Our, pr- that. our production is about the same. But the demand is so much higher. 
and both of you just did it, and I did it initially too. You rolled your eyes a little bit. You're like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I did too. But there's something else that he says in another interview that you would ha- you would expect has to be true if his um, if his supposition of demand being the issue uh, that you would expect him to say, and he does say it. He does go out and say that the Xbox Series X and S have outsold all the previous Xbox consoles at this point in their life cycle, which would have to be true, right, if demand were the problem and not supply. Because you had more consoles to actually sell, you beat the selling points of the previous lifespan, and that would kind of virtually prove, Jason, that, hey, the demand is the thing that's different this generation around. Do you buy both statements? Because you need both. You need that second one to be true for the first one to even be plausible. I think the first one can be false and the second one can be true. So you, okay. So mathematically, tell me how you can outsell your predecessors and have a shortage of units, not an overabundance of demand. Because it's a year and a half into making this thing. So if you could, if you didn't have a shortage, you would be making making them hand over fist, just pumping them out of your factories or whatever. At this well, point, well, no, you no. should be caught up. Well, no, no, like. no. He's not saying that there isn't a shortage. He's just saying that the shortage, yeah. you know, the, of parts and stuff like that. He's he, yeah. Obviously, he would love to make the more of them. And hey, we're double what we sold at this point in lifespans. Did he say double? But, Did he give the actual number? No, 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 or no. You just you just saying yeah, that. Yeah, okay. obviously, yeah. I would love to be. You know, I don't want to be a little bit above the Xbox 360 or the Xbox One X. I'd love to be double above those. And, you know, without chip shortages, I think I could produce double. Uh, but he's kind of pinning, saying, hey, the, the problem, we've made just as many as we've ever made at this point. In fact, we've made more and sold more than we've ever made at this point. But demand is so exponentially higher than it's been that that's the the real culprit and we just happen to have this shortage happening at the same time well, that prevents me from meeting that demand. And that's a part of it. He said, or if you I know you're paraphrasing, you're just kind of making stuff up there, but I'm not I'm not making it, it up. I'm trying shortage. to simplify oh. the discussion a little. Well, that's what I'm saying, but but you're saying that but because we have the shortage, we can't do well if you didn't have the shortage, then you wouldn't have an issue. You'd be caught up with demand. So <sighs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> Um, the, Go ahead, I'm not yeah. sure if there's I'm not sure if there's an actual demand demand the way he's inciting that there's a demand more demand for it than there was last time for the 360 I mean I'm sure there's a bit more because it is a better machine but I think, I think part of it may be you know the fact that when somebody goes into a store or a shop, online shop or whatever, and they try to buy what they want, what their what their kid wants or what they want, and it's not there, but the other one is, they'll just go and get the other one. Yeah, I think what his his overall point was not to to try and claim there wasn't a shortage, Jason. I think his his overall kind of what he was saying is, hey, they're not available, not because our supply has been so much lower as it is as it has been in the past but because the demand is higher um it, it's not yes we have a shortage and we would love to make more and meet all the demand 
but there's a I think it was more battling perception of things here um, that they right. just haven't made as many. You know, the Which, e the easy course, excuse yeah, yeah, they I, just I, haven't yeah. made as many. And he's saying, oh, no, no, no. We've, in fact, made more at this point in its lifespan than we ever have before. Okay. And yeah, we've that, sold that, that more than we ever have before. But the demand is also more than we've ever had before, and we can't meet it. We can't meet that demand. Um, I think that's because more of the what, shortage. Because I, of the I, shortage. I yeah, I, I don't think he was trying to discount the shortage. I think okay. he was just trying to get away that, that perception of they haven't made as many. They aren't making okay. as many. Um, he didn't say he made more, though, did he? Yeah, you would right. have to make more to sell more than you had at this <laughs> at this span. He's not talking about revenue, Justin. He's talking about units sold there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he says we sold more. He's so talking I mean, about units. More, right. Yeah. That, that's that's number of. No. Yeah. Sold. You're right. They can sit on the shelf. Find me some pictures of shelves just full of Xbox One <laughs> S's and X's just sitting there, not being bought, and I think you have a point. I think you have a point. The problem yeah. is those shelves don't exist, so they've sold more. Um, right. Yeah, so is it... Uh, yeah. The swell in usage in gaming was a surprise to us. Back in what would have been March, April of 2020, we sold out of consoles, something we never do. And despite I mean, shortages of consoles last year, Microsoft said that the Xbox Series S and X is the fastest-selling Xbox ever. Uh, and then we've got, you know, Redfall and Starfield and stuff like that to look forward to later this year. So kind of interesting. Just kind of, you know, beating back that it's not because we don't want to make them. It's not because we haven't been able to make them. We have. But again, I go back to what I said earlier, which is all the gamers want is, can I get it now? Right. I can't, well, you're not <laughs> right. 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 you're making, it's not now. enough. There, there's no PS5, so, there but there's the Xbox Series X. I'll get this Xbox Series X for now until the PS4 comes in so I, I can connect with my friends. And I'll get my PS3 and we'll just be... There uh, you go. Network four of them together and make yeah. it <laughs> right. PS5. Right. Xbox, uh, or Phil Spencer, also saying that Xbox has, quote, changed how we do certain things end quote with Activision now he was very diplomatic in PR here which I you know he kind of has to be right you're talking one right. person in charge to another right here uh, he says the work we do specifically with a partner like Activision is something that obviously I'm not going to talk publicly about we have changed how we do things with them and they're aware of that but I also this isn't about, for us at Xbox, virtue shaming other companies. Xbox's history is not spotless. Uh, and these talked about painful moments in Xbox's history. Some of the things that make me proud of that is how we came out of that. The work that we did as a team, I believe we're stronger now because of that. Not that I would choose to repeat that <laughs> if I could actually make that choice. Uh, and they tried to push him on, like, Bobby Kotick himself, and he was like, yeah, it's not our position to judge who's CEO of, of different companies should be. Uh, but I do think it is interesting, Jason, that he did acknowledge it's changed how we do business with them. What that actually means, though, uh, you know, if, yeah. you know, do we send the email to somebody else when we ask questions? Is that what you've changed? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, what does that actually mean, I think? If you're going to make that statement that you have changed, I think you need to provide at least one example or you just don't make any of this statement. I mean, you don't even have to give the exact specification. If it is something along the lines of, you know, our contract is different, you yeah. know, we're, we're, we're giving them less money. You could say that we've changed the, we've changed the deals of our contract. You don't have to say you give them 5% more or 10% less or whatever. 
but say something that's a little more specific than that. Yeah, I, I think you kind of have to. Justin's saying the same thing as you. They just charge them more now, and maybe that is the case. Yeah, you know, maybe they revenue splits have changed. I, I don't know. Could be something like that. That's the type of stuff that'll get Bobby Kotick thrown out real quick. You know, when well, that I would type believe of stuff, instead it would be more of a. Uh, if you don't change within a certain deadline, then we'll we'll make real changes. I believe. Yeah. More, I, I believe it's something more like that. I so. would think so too. Which don't say this then. Yeah. <laughs> you have given an ultimatum, but you haven't pulled the trigger on it. Right. Uh, you will be very happy to know, Yod, that Mr. Spencer thinks that Netflix is going about getting into gaming the right way. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. That's, he says do say, do just, tell. Just says it's just a very smart way for them to jump into gaming. You know, now they're looking more at the the mobile and, and stuff like that side to being able to stream. Uh, via cloud. Mm -hmm. He says, I think it's smart what Netflix is doing. They're buying some studios. They're learning about the creative process of interactive entertainment. And I think it's a very smart way for them to move into the space. Netflix clearly has cloud. Amazon has cloud. Mm -hmm. Google has a real cloud capability. But without mm -hmm. content, community, and cloud, I think getting into gaming right now, and you can see this, uh, I, uh, and you can see this is what Netflix is doing. From a, sta a streaming standpoint, it is a smart thing. Right. I'd say the difference yeah. for us is in the business model of you can buy every game that's available on the subscription service, talking about Game Pass, which is a little different than the music subscription or movie subscription style stuff coming out of companies like Netflix. So seems to be a little impressed. I'm not impressed because my Netflix subscription just went up again. You sons of yep. bitches. <laughs> Because they uh, gotta pay for those mobile games, whatever you're yeah, right. no, or whatever. No, doing. no, no, no. That's free, Jason. That's free. Oh, it's free. Yeah, that's oh, part okay. of the subscription. Free? Remember, free we all free. said this. We all said this back then. They were like, "No, it's not going to be any additional subscription. It'll just be part of your for subscription now. for now." For yeah, now. and we're like, "Then the subscription fee is going to go up." And here we are, even before gaming is really even a thing from Netflix for all intents and purposes, the subscription fee going up again. Damn it. <sighs> but it's how much smart, did yeah. Netflix plus Flickster cost? Was it like fifteen dollars something total? I don't know. Uh, no. I never did Flickster. I didn't either. I didn't Nobody either. did. That, that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they missed the mark with that. Quote yeah, unquote. Yeah, quote unquote. That's their favorite. That, that, that is that is lower on my list of things I like than in case you missed it. Just so you know, at this point, it's it's down there. Go ahead. From a business perspective, Netflix is going about it the right way. You, you raise the subscription fee because, you know, whatever BS reason you give, and then you funnel a little money into the video game companies you bought to produce some mobile games. Where which my mobile game games fly can be played at? on your phone. <laughs> but but you get you can you know, which is where a lot of people are streaming their Netflix anyways, is on the phone. So then you just add mobile games on there where people play those games anyways, because everybody's got a phone. <laughs> you all have phones, don't you? Yeah, and and then once you start using the games that you've produced on your uh, little uh, mobile app, you uh, start doing the in-app purchases on those mobile games, and you make money. That's how you do it on those games. That's how Netflix sh is going to go about doing it. Justin says, so where my game fly at? I got a better <laughs> reference from you. Where for you? Where my on live at? Where my mm -hmm. on? If you get that reference, we're friends. Uh, the 25th Dice Awards are coming up. 
and the nominees uh, have been revealed. So I think, gentlemen, we should make some predictions. Sure to go wrong. Jason will record as get always. Get spreadsheet up. Get the spreadsheet up. We, and we are so, not going to go so through all of them. Uh, there, you can find them on many different sites, Game Informer, whatever. We're going to use Game Informer's list, uh, just in the interest of full quoting of our sources. Now, I do think we should point out for viewers who maybe aren't familiar with the Dice Awards. The Dice Awards, they are best battlefield game. <laughs> they they work <laughs> a little differently than like something like the Game Awards, right? Where there's fan voting and then there's you know media uh, voting and stuff like this. The Dice Awards, Design, Innovate, Communicate, and Entertain, Dice, that's actually uh, run by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. So it's an industry-only event. And it's kind of like, if you develop games, this is, while it's nice to win a game award, this is probably the award you really, really want to get. Because this is kind of being right. recognized by your artistic peers, your technology peers, um, rather than just like fans voting for their favorite game, so yeah, it's virtually I, I, all I the like same games. Yeah, well, yeah, it's gonna virtually be all the same nominees. <laughs> it's not like they got a different yeah. slew of games to pick from the, than the it's game. It's like awards. the game awards, but exactly the same, but, but less popular. Well, and I think you have to think about making your predictions a little bit differently, knowing that the audience, you know, that's making the decisions may not just be looking for that was the best game. I loved playing it but maybe looking at things through a little bit of more of an arts or a technology lens, uh, maybe. Mm -hmm. Some categories that could be influential. So let's start with Game of the Year. The nominees are Deathloop, Inscription, It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which, by the way, is the darling of these nominations, scooping up, I think, like nine different nominations or mm -hmm. something stupid like that, uh, and Returnal. Yad, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with Ratchet and Clank on this one because it got so many nominations. Huh. I mean, I, this is one that from like an art, if I were an artist, right, it's very pretty, like all that stuff. It's, you know, it's creative. And the technology is there. As a game fan, I'm like, I absolutely enjoyed playing the game with my daughter. We love the Ratchet and Clank games, but there wasn't anything generally too super new about it. I think from an artistic standpoint, though, I actually favor Returnal for this category. I think it's a bit more expressive, a bit more of something different. I could also obviously see It Takes Two taking this. I wanted them to take it from the Game Awards. I, Deathloop might be fun and stuff and Inscription. Yeah, I'm going to go with It Takes Two, Jason. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna yeah. say it takes two watch walks away with this. I'd one. actually written Returnal on your sheet, but then I just had yeah. to copy. I'm gonna had go to copy and paste. Two. Had to copy and paste from my pick because I'm choosing it takes two. It wasn't a big commercial seller, but it still won a glob of awards at Game Awards. It, yeah. It's it's a critical darling too, so it's it's gonna be fine. It, it's gonna win for sure. I would not be, and Mad Martha I think kind of agreed with that in, in chat though. I would not be surprised if Returnal walked away with this. I do believe it is like yeah. the more artistic. Idol. Right. So Returnal was a close, close second in my mind. Uh, let's go into Outstanding Achievement in Animation. Jason, you'll go first. Your nominees here are Call of Duty Vanguard. <laughs> I couldn't even get through the name without laughing. Uh, Deathloop, uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, or Resident Evil Village. Uh, outstanding Achievement in Animation. 
So basically the prettiest animations. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, with Kina because I haven't watched a little bit of that and seeing the whimsical animation and movements and so forth. I think that's probably what would uh, I would imagine that's probably Yod's pick too. He keeps calling yep. that game a Pixar movie in game form. Yep. That's what I'm going with for that one. All right. In the interest of trying to break up the points, I don't <laughs> think either of you are wrong. Kina would be tied here for my pick. I will take Ratchet and Clank. The other, I mean, that fur animation is spot on. Sure. So Yeah, the fur animation is pretty good. <laughs> That's uh... Although, you know, the physics. Mike's in the fur that, animation. We know village. that now. All right. <laughs> I hate doing this show. Um, <laughs> let's go with Outstanding Technical Achievement. This is kind oh, of a bold category. So who's the most technically achieved here? I'll go first. This will be Battlefield 2042, Forza Horizon 5, Mon Cage, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, or Returnal. I don't think Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart really does anything too technically new besides you know being more visually impressive and performance impressive because it's on next gen. Returnal, as much as I like... We've we very much have had bullet hells. We very much have had uh, procedural generation and stuff like that. Battlefield 2042 even being nominated for technical achievement is just stunning to me. Yeah, no. How many bugs did they fix? They pick in that one patch, and they have another patch coming up, Jason. That you'll need to watch for on MMO Bomb where they're speculating fixing another hundred or so bugs. How this is that, up for technical achievement is... That, that's why. It, it's a miracle. It's a miracle it miracle runs. That, that it's a miracle it's still running, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Forza Horizon 5 on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going go ahead, Forza Yod. as well. Oh, you're going yeah, Forza going as well? Yeah, Forza as well. Yeah. You are? Well, I'm going to actually yep. go and take Returnal on this one because I do think it, it looked different enough and was cool enough stuff and whatever so where are you going returnal returnal okay all right um i'm not taking these too seriously just so we're now (laughs) (laughs) uh role-playing game of the year rpg of the year (laughs) oh we know what yod picks there i didn't have to look at the list i don't even know what these are you know what mike's picking too (laughs) final fantasy 14 endwalker pathfinder wrath of the righteous Shen Megami Tensei Five, Tales of Arise, or Wilder Myth. Yad, you go first. Well, obviously, it's Endwalker. <laughs> Jason, I'm gonna go a little off because I heard a lot of people say really great things about Shin Megami Tensei Five. So that's yeah, so that's <laughs> as much <laughs> as I want to pick Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. <laughs> Didn't you do that before? Weren't you like, oh, this, this is my heart pick. I want to pick this. I know. The best community. I know. And you're like, no, I'm not gonna do I it. I would have. I would have swept a bunch of the game awards uh, on our predictions had I gone with my heart on a lot of them. I really do want to pick fourteen here, but yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Five. And I think Tales from Arise might even have a little bit of an outside shot here. That was a great game. I haven't finished it yet, though. I... Uh, role-playing game of the year. Ugh, shit. You took Shin. You took and Walker. Give me Tales of Arise just so we're all different. I wouldn't right. be surprised to see either of your two games win, though. See, I don't mind picking the same as you guys because I'm yeah. just going to pick what to win. I want to pick what's going to win. Let's do one more. <laughs> Let's do one more. Right, Outstanding one more. Achievement in Game Design. 
Deathloop, Inscription, It Takes Two, Loop Hero, or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now, this is actual game design. design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was Loop Hero? Loop Hero was uh, the one where you go, it's a roguelike where you go around in a circle or something. Mm. I remember seeing a little bit of it. What do you got, Yod? Deathloop. Speaking of circles. Going Deathloop. <laughs> Jason? Uh, I gotta go with it takes two. It was just, I, just all the mini games that were so unique and different. Uh, like, it yeah. is. It's kind of hard to argue that one. Uh, give me a takes two as well. Okay. Yep. Uh, how many categories is that? Do we need? That was five. Okay, so we're we're at an odd number. We should be all right. I mean, we could have an odd, really bizarre tie, but that's fine. Five categories should do it. Uh, actually, enough. when are the awards? We might be able to do like what we did for the video game awards and just do... You'll forget like, that you did it next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, February 24th. Oh, we yeah, yeah. We'll we'll come back next week and we'll do like four more. That way we're still at an yeah. odd number. Okay. Um, you, you know you want to pick uh, Resident Evil Village Lady Dimitrescu for I really, uh, I would a like standard to, character. I would like to. I would like to. I was going to pick her for animation, but she didn't really move around that much. <laughs> oh, parts of her the did. physics were great uh, on you know, her. <laughs> parts of her moved an awful lot. Like I said, the physics were great. <laughs> uh, let's give you a couple little updates. We kind of teased this one a little earlier. Uh, a that, little? That <laughs> there might be something else in the mobile market without physical media. Steam Deck did tweet out uh, this week, Happy January. We have a small update for you today. Too long, didn't read. We're still on track to ship in February. So I think it's kind of funny that they're saying it that way because the February is a delayed release date. <laughs> we're still totally on track to make the date that wasn't our original date. Uh, we're totally on track for it. So the first wave of Steam Decks should be making their way out Uh in February. So I guess that yep. means that I'm now like end of Q2, beginning of Q3, because I was end of Q1, beginning of Q2 in the initial release date schedule. I don't know how it works. I, um, I forgot these were a thing. Me too. <laughs> I didn't order oh, once. Yeah. I like, whatever. Hey, Rainbow Six Siege, getting a little bit of a leadership change. For the third time, the creative director is changing. Uh, Lee was it the third creative director? Yeah. The second change, I think. Yeah. It, well, he has changed creative directors for the third time. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Uh, Leroy uh, Athenasov. 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 Give us for butchering the names. My apologies. <laughs> uh, is going to be leaving Siege, not leaving Ubisoft, though. Uh, going to some other Ubisoft projects. Uh, on the Score move. Bones? On the. Uh, <laughs> You know, they didn't say, and they just lost the... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, says, I wanted to let you know that due to personal reasons, I'll be leaving my role of creative director on Siege to pursue other opportunities at Ubisoft. Wasn't a decision I make lightly. I love this game and this community. I'm so proud of everything our team has accomplished together over the last two years. But I'm confident that it's the right one, and the team has given me their full support. Don't worry. I'm not going too far, and I have a feeling that my journey with this incredible game is far from over so i probably won't have too big of an impact on this one nah. but I, it is weird it, it, it yeah. is weird to like be like hey i'm leaving my position as editor-in-chief at mmo bomb to go do something else at mmo bomb for personal reasons 
Wait, what? Why? Why do you end the state? <laughs> like, uh, that's a weird thing to put in that type of statement for like a lateral move from one project to another. Like, what? To put uh, personal maybe, reasons in there just seemed a little weird to me. Maybe someone in that group, that production group, didn't mesh right with him. Could have been something like that. Justin or... saying maybe he didn't want to do courts on siege. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Let's slide over and get started with our games of the week. This is the last segment of every episode of Gaming Gumbo where each of the three hosts is going to recommend to you a game we think you should check out. Could be something we're playing now, something we've played in the past, something we've never played but think maybe you should. Uh, whether it's tabletop, cards, board games, video games, mobile games, whatever. And you let us know in the comments on YouTube or on readycheckradio.com who gave the best recommendation. Jason, you're first. You know, sometimes I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm lazy, but I want to play a game and I don't want to get stressed out. just want to take it nice and easy and just look at stuff. I boot up Euro Truck Simulator 2. So I did that for the first time in like six months last week. Or just, it was like Saturday night. I didn't want to do anything, but I kind of wanted to play something. So booted that up, drove around Europe for a while. It's just nice and soothing. The hum of the truck engine, the beautiful oh. landscapes going by. Me crashing into street signs and other cars. It's it's lovely. What do you got, Yod? I'm going old school on you this time around because I've been thinking about the old Nintendo Entertainment System and all that stuff, and I'm going Double Dragon 2. Ooh, why, why 2? Because it was one of the first games that you could co-op play like that at home. You could do that with and, Double Dragon 1. Yeah, you could do that with Double 1. No, you couldn't play side by side with your friend or brother or sister. Oh. It was one person plays, then the next person. Double Dragon 2, you were both no. on the screen at the same time. No, Double Dragon, you were both on the no, screen at the same time. No, you time. were not. No, you were not. Double Dragon 1, you were, you, were, you were the one brother, and you find out that your twin brother is the enemy at the end. Oh it looks like an, God, on some, yeah. in, on like uh, apparently on like the Sega Master System. Apparently it was co-op. Maybe not on NES though. You might be right. No, he is and, right. And Holy Dragon hell! Two. Talk about like totally, like what? What is that? One of those Mandela effect moments for me. Right. That right. One hundred percent. The title is well, called Double Dragon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And of course, in in the the horrible, horrible movie and the horrible, horrible cartoon show, the brothers were together. But in the original game wow you fought your brother at the end i would have Double bet two he joins you i would have bet money you were wrong like i vividly can remember mm -hmm. sitting there with my buddy ricky playing double dragon two players going through it like i can vividly Actually, remember something that didn't happen <laughs> yeah that that was the second one not the first one wow. well, you know, games like river city ransom were kind of that same way with a cool oh yeah game. river city ransom was awesome uh, I'm going to recommend Skies of Arcadia, and it doesn't matter whether you play it on the Dreamcast, if you play it on the GameCube, or you get it on PC, uh, one of the PC releases. Tremendous role-playing game. If you have never played Skies of Arcadia, I still play my Dreamcast copy to this day. Such a fantastic game. It is also very good, uh, maybe arguably a little better on the GameCube, but and I have that too, but i got to boot up the original Dreamcast anytime I play it. Tremendous RPG. Chat, don't go anywhere right after the show today. We're going to go live with one of our own streams. 
with Torchwick. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. A little bit blocky. Oh, never mind. The camera just fixed itself. Yay! All right. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about it, but I guess I'm not allowed to be funny here. So we're talking. We're talking we about some Jack retro Jack. games here. Well, except for Jason. You are continuing with games older than me. The game has to be older than you for you to even play it on your stream. You're in the middle of one, one of my all-time favorites, Zelda Majora's Mask. What do you think of the game so far? Um, Overall, I'm having a lot of fun, but I think I've stumbled across what is basically the water temple of this game, and that it's awful no one likes it. <laughs> Havoc, Havoc wooting you in chat. When I was watching your stream last week, Havoc was into... <laughs> Was into the Zelda stream, like I talked. Oh, to... you don't know the half. Of it. I, yeah. I was just in a conversation while you guys are all doing this with a havoc. He was making sure I was still playing Majora's Mask. Yeah. In my DMs here, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, doing I had it. To, I had to explain to him because I was like, yeah, havoc was talking a lot. I was watching, but I wasn't uh, typing in chat. I was doing some stuff, and uh, I, I pulled him. I uh, just Torchwick aside, and I was like, yeah, you're, you know, havoc was in there, and he was like, yeah, he must really like this game, and I had to explain. I was like, havoc loved Zelda but loved watching Zelda being played and honestly when that game came out I played it when it came out but I had just moved out so he might not be all that familiar with that it might be like a pretty much a new Zelda for him so glad to see Havoc enjoying a chat the rest of you don't go anywhere channel will go down for about 15 seconds while we relabel everything and then Torchwick will be back. We'll be back, of course, with another episode of Gaming Gumbo next Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio, the Relic Grind on Thursday nights, and all of our other streams throughout the week. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Artworks on Twitter, Yod Artworks on Facebook, and sorry for spoiling Double Dragon for you, Havoc, right here on Gaming Gumbo. <laughs> Jason. I'm at Twitter at Winter Informal, streaming at twitch.tv slash Jason Winter, and sometimes you'll even find my Stegosaurus here, which, as you can see, is very spinny. It's, you got a lot of spinny <laughs> stuff in that room. A lot of spinny yeah, stuff in that room. I'm so Mike Byrne. Follow me right there, Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and we'll tweet at you every time we go live with one of our podcasts or streams. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.